As soon as Brahma left, Lord Sri Krishna immediately appeared as he had on the very day the cows and cowherd boys had vanished. Krishna had left his friends on the banks of the Jamuna while they were engaged in lunch. And although he returned exactly one year later, the cowherd boys thought that he had returned within a second. That is the way of Krishna's different energies and activities. It is stated in the Bhagavad Gita that Krishna himself is residing in everyone's heart, and he causes both remembrance and forgetfulness. All living entities are controlled by the supreme energy of the Lord, and sometimes they remember, and sometimes they forget their constitutional position. His friends, being controlled in such a way, could not understand that for a whole year they were absent from the Jamuna bank and were under the spell of Brahma's illusion. When Krishna appeared before the boys, they thought, Oh, Krishna has returned within a minute. They began to laugh, thinking Krishna was not willing to leave their lunchtime company. They were very jubilant and invited him. Dear friend Krishna, you have come back so quickly. All right, we have not as yet begun our lunch, not even taken one morsel of food. So please, come and join us and let us eat together. Krishna smiled and accepted their invitation, and he began to enjoy the lunchtime company of his friends. While eating, Krishna was thinking, These boys believe that I have come back within a second, but they do not know that for the last year I have been involved with the mystic activities of Lord Brahma. After finishing their lunch, Krishna and his friends and calves began to return to their Vrajabhumi homes. While passing, they enjoyed seeing the dead carcass of Agasura in the shape of a gigantic serpent. When Krishna returned home to Vrajabhumi, he was seen by all the inhabitants of Vrindavan. He was wearing a peacock feather in his helmet, which was also decorated with forest flowers. Krishna was also garlanded with flowers and painted with different colored minerals collected from the caves of Govardhan Hill. Govardhan Hill is always famous for supplying natural red dyes, and Krishna and his friends painted their bodies with them. Each one of them had a bugle made of buffalo horn, and a stick, and a flute, and each called his respective calves by their particular names. They were so proud of Krishna's wonderful activities that, while entering the village, they all sang his glories. All the gopis in Vrindavan saw beautiful Krishna entering the village. The boys composed nice songs describing how they were saved from being swallowed by the great serpent and how the serpent was killed. Some described Krishna as the son of Yasoda and others as the son of Maharaj Nanda. He is so wonderful that he has saved us from the clutches of the great serpent and killed him, they said. But little did they know that one year had passed since the killing of Agasura. In this regard... Maharaj Pariket asked Sukadev Goswami how the inhabitants of Vrindavan suddenly developed so much love for Krishna, although Krishna was not a member of any of their families. Maharaj Pariket inquired, During the absence of the original cowherd boys, when Krishna expanded himself, why is it that the boys' parents became more loving toward him than toward their own sons? Also, Why did the cows become so loving toward their calves, more than toward their own calves? Sukadev Goswami told Maharaj Purikat that every living entity 
is actually most attracted to his own self. Outward paraphernalia, such as home, family, friends, country, society, wealth, opulence, reputation, etc., are all only secondary in pleasing the living entity. They please only because they bring pleasure to the self. For this reason, one is self-centered and is attached to his body and self more than he is to his relatives like wife, children, and friends. If there is some immediate danger to one's own person, he first of all takes care of himself, then others. That is natural. That means, more than anything else, he loves his own self. The next important object of affection, after his own self, is his material body. A person who has no information of the spirit soul is very much attached to his material body, so much so that even in old age he wants to preserve the body in so many artificial ways, thinking that his old and broken body can be saved. Everyone is working hard day and night just to give pleasure to his own self, under either the bodily or spiritual conception of life. We are attached to material possessions because they give pleasure to the senses, or to the body. The attachment to the body is there only because the I, the spirit soul, is within the body. Similarly, when one is further advanced, he knows that the spirit soul is pleasing because it is part and parcel of Krishna. Ultimately, it is Krishna who is pleasing and all attractive. He is the super soul of everything. And in order to give us this information, Krishna descends and tells us that the all-attractive center is He Himself. Without being an expansion of Krishna, nothing can be attractive. Whatever is attracted within the cosmic manifestation is due to Krishna. Krishna is therefore the reservoir of all pleasure. The active principle of everything is Krishna, and highly elevated transcendentalists see everything in connection with Him. In the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it is stated that a Mahabhagavat, or a highly advanced devotee, sees Krishna as the active principle in all movable and immovable living entities. Therefore, he sees everything within this cosmic manifestation in relation to Krishna. For the fortunate person who has taken shelter of Krishna as everything, liberation is already there. He is no longer in the material world. This is also confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita. Whoever is engaged in devotional service of Krishna is already on the Brahmabhuta, or spiritual platform. The very name Krishna suggests piety and liberation. Anyone who takes shelter at the lotus feet of Krishna enters the boat for crossing the ocean of nescience. For him, this vast expansion of the material manifestation becomes as insignificant as a hoofprint. Krishna is the center of all great souls, and he is the shelter of the material worlds. For one who is on the platform of Krishna consciousness, Vaikuntha, or the spiritual world, is not far away. He does not live within the material world where there is danger at every step. In this way, Krishna consciousness was fully explained by Sukadev Goswami to Maharaj Parikit. Sukadev Goswami even recited to the king the statements and prayers of Lord Brahma. These descriptions of Lord Krishna's pastimes with his cowherd boys, his eating with them on the banks of the Jamuna, and Lord Brahma's prayers unto him, 
are all transcendental subject matters. Anyone who hears, recites, or chants them surely gets all his spiritual desires fulfilled. Thus Krishna's childhood appearance, his sporting with Balaram and Vrindavan, was described. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport of the 14th chapter of Krishna. Prayers offered by Lord Brahma to Lord Krishna. <laughs>